as we get it. Now, as I get ready, as you have your outlines, when I was thinking about it this week, I had a friend in actually New York years ago. He, was, he did very, very well. He was involved with uh, years ago, mattressing, what are they called? Ticketing. Uh, you know, he made the things on the mattresses. He was very, very successful, a strong believer. And he told me one day, he said, Larry, you know, people say I'm lucky because he did very well. And then he, t- I never forgot the statement he said. He says, I find a principle. He says, the harder I work, the luckier I get. I like that. It always stuck with me. Be responsible. Do what you're supposed to. And you'll reap the benefits. And, and, and sure enough, you know, I'm not saying become a workaholic, but there's a principle. If you do something, something will, there's the results of it. Um, I've always said, I don't know if I stole it from someone or got it from somewhere else, but I like the statement is you make choices every day. All of us, we make choices. Everything you do, you make a choice. You made a choice this morning to come here. You made many, many choices. You make choices, and listen carefully. You make choices, and your choices make you. The situation you're in, is probably because of some of the choices you've chosen to make. That's what we see. I got another phrase I like. I have a couple of phrases I'm going to use with you this morning. This one was told to me by Lisa. Lisa, yeah, I like this. She said to me a couple of weeks ago, I liked it. Life is tough, especially when you're stupid. You're going to hear that a lot from me. Life is tough, especially when... I'm sorry, Fran. She doesn't like the S word. Uh, Life is hard, tough, especially when you're stupid. Choices you make results in certain things. And that's what we see in Deuteronomy 28, what God is telling us. It goes, it transfers to believers as well. The choices we make, make us. God says, if you do this, then I will do this. It's, it's not a formula, it's not a, a gimmick, but God says it's just the way it is. I want you to see with me or listen to these verses. In, in Psalm 81, actually, let me say, put this first. Salvation, everyone, the gift of salvation, accepting the Lord. Those of you who don't know what that is, world's in two bubbles. Bubble on the left, non-believers. Bubble on the left is non-believers. They've never accepted or put their trust in Messiah. Good people, bad people. Democrats, Republicans, good old people. They just never accepted Messiah. People on the right, they are good and bad, all kinds. They've accepted Messiah. They put their trust in Yeshua. So they've, uh, they, they experience the gift of salvation. Salvation is unconditional. Doesn't matter how smart you are. How, how brilliant you are, how much money. Salvation's unconditional. Actually, it is by faith in Yeshua. That is, in a sense, if you want to say it's a condition. By faith in the Messiah, accept Him, but He accepts you unconditionally. Salvation is by uh, faith. Uh, unconditional. But, as you're a believer, the blessings of salvation, the joy of salvation is conditional, folks. It is Conditional. Whether you choose to want to live a godly life for the Lord, it's conditional. God says, if you do certain things, I will bless you. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people, believers, who don't want to serve God and don't do things. God is still gracious to them and does some good things for them too. God is gracious. He gives you what you don't deserve. But they don't experience a life of joy and happiness. Blessings that come from God are conditional. And that condition is, really, you could borrow a few words, obedience, faithfulness. 
following God. Look what God says in Psalm 81. But my people did not listen to my voice. They didn't listen to my voice. And Israel did not obey me. So I gave them over to the stubbornness of their heart. To walk in their own ways. Their own devices. Oh, that my people. And you hear God pleading. Oh, please. If my people would just. Where they would listen to me. Israel, if they would only walk in my ways. I would subdue their enemies. Look at God's promise. If you obey me and follow me. I'll destroy your enemies. There's no problem. Why does God tell the kings, don't build up horses and chariots and make alliances with other nations and don't get wealth? That's what all the kings did. And God says, you don't need that. What you need is me. And God says, if they'll do all this, I'll quickly subdue, I'll destroy their enemies uh, and turn my hand against their adversaries. Those who hate the Lord, they pretend obedience to him. Many people go through the motions. He says, their time of punishment will be forever, but I would feed you, believers, This is what God says. I will feed you with the finest of wheat. With the honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. You see, God wants to bless. Moses is about to die. Jewish people are going to go into the land. And Moses is telling the people, please, for success, for your life, for joy, happiness, blessings. What does it say? Fill it in on your outlines. If we follow and obey God's word, we will experience God's blessings and prosperity in our lives. Now, I know some of you are saying he's teaching prosperity. That the, I'm not teaching prosperity doctrine. I don't say if you give $100, you're going to get 1000 If you give 1000 you're going to get 10000 I'm not teaching prosperity doctrine at all. But I am teaching that if you obey God and follow him, you will experience his blessings and joy and happiness and a blessed life. A prosperous life. Even if you have troubles. And I'll get to that in a minute. In our lives. That's what God promises us. And it's up to us. Whether we take them up on it. So Moses starts his message. Follow along with me now. Fill it in. First he says. We're encouraged always. To obey God's word. So simple and basic. I, now I'm not embarrassed to say it. But I do say it a lot. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of some great, great Bible teachers who give you deep theological truths and, you know, things that you're overwhelmed with. And I, I say, my message is so simple my whole life. Read God's Word and obey it. That's Larry's deep theological statement for you. If you read God's Word, you study it and obey it, you'll experience God's blessings in your life. God always... God always repeats it. I wouldn't repeat it if God didn't repeat it. We are encouraged to obey God's word. We're always exhorted to keep God's word. We're always told keep God's word. We're warned. Israel's warned. When Israel came out of Egypt and Israel went through the Red Sea and Israel got down to Mount Sinai, God gave them the law and you read throughout the whole first five books, the Pentateuch, you read through those books. God always says to Israel, walk with me, obey me, Follow my statutes, my commandments, my ordinances. Later on, God says, I didn't even care about your sacrifices. Well, of course he wants their sacrifices. He told them to do sacrifice. He says, but I want you to obey me. Obey what I say. Don't take it lightly. Follow along. Same, uh, fill in your outlines. We are to seek to obey God's word. Why are we to seek it? Well, I wrote down here. We're to seek... We're to seek to obey God's word. I'll tell you why. 
Because it's hard to obey God's Word. It is not easy. It's not the natural tendency. Man naturally goes away from God. That's what we do. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all else and desperately wicked. This is what we naturally do. You have to fight against that. Seek to read His Word and obey it. Because it's hard. But God wants us to do it. Follow along. In Deuteronomy 28, we're to seek to obey God's word. Verse 1, now it shall be if you diligently obey your, uh, the Lord your God and you're careful to do all his commandments which I command you today. Israel was told, Israel was warned by God that you're going into the land of Israel and the world has an influence on you. Now, as you sit in your seat, the world has an influence on us. We are influenced constantly by the world. And God tells Israel, through Moses. You're going into a land. And you know who's in the land? Everyone? Can anyone tell me who's in the land? Who? Well, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Gergesites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the Perizzites. How did I get all of them? I'll tell you how I did. I memorized it. But it was, I go through the alphabet. A, Amorites, then I get to C, Canaanites. So you get all the ites. So when they go into the land, all the ites that are there, which was probably in that society, in that culture, more depraved than all the other cultures. They're a wicked, godless culture that was going to naturally take Israel away from God. So God had to give them warnings. And it's easy to make the application. When you go out there, the ites are out there waiting for you, folks. We're not better than the ites because we are all part of the ites. But anyway, when you go out there, the world's waiting for you to take you away from God, to destroy you, to take away your faith, to mock you. And so God is warning them, there's only one thing that can help you, folks. The only thing that can help you is that you wake up this morning and open up the Bible and read His Word. That's your safety. That's your protection. And God says, if only... You'll obey my word. You can't obey it if you don't read it. So Israel was warned here that watch out. But look what it says in the verse. It shall be if you diligently. That's what preachers do. We find for little things in the verses. If you diligently and you're careful. That's what's different about this verse. Because you don't just read his word, obey it. You got to be diligent. You got to be very careful. It's got to be planned how you're going to follow his word. It's hard. We have to work for it. I said before, it's natural tendency to go away. You know what it means? It means you persevere against all odds. People say, well, how do you get up every day and read the word? Well, I said, well, I set my alarm and I get up. I say, well, how early do you get up? I say, that depends on where I have to be and at what time. Because then I back it up and make sure it's no, it's no brilliant thing that you just set your alarm and you wake up and read the Word. You say, well, that's not easy. No, it's not. But listen, your life depends on it. I believe it. Your blessing, prosperity in this world depends. Whether you want to make a choice to wake up, it's hard. You got to, I wrote the words down, persevere. You have to pursue it like an athlete pursues something. You got to strive and fight for it. You got to endure. You got to discipline yourself to do it. 
Someone said, it's too hard. It's worth it. You got to look for ways to follow and obey God. Israel had to do it. As they get into the land, they were going to have to seek to obey God. We do. Follow along with me. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Do you not know that those who run in a race... Everybody runs in the race. You're in a race, you run. If you're going to compete, you're, everyone's in the race. But only one receives the prize. Therefore, you believers in this life as a believer, run in such a way that you may win. I want to win. I want at the end to face the Lord and have Him say, you won. No, we all can win. We're not competing against one another. We could all win. I want to win the race. It's hard. You got to make a calculated plan. When you are dieting, you make a plan. Most of us don't follow it. And we say, how come? I can't lose weight. You follow the plan. Everyone says to me, which diet works? What's the answer, folks? All of them do. I know because I've done them all. They all work. You just have to stick to it. I have friends that say, this diet doesn't work. I said, you cheat? You go, of course. Well, then that's why it's not working. You got to have a plan. Exercise. Out of a plan. Where am I? I have no idea. Okay. Run that you might win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control, discipline. That's what they do. I want to win. And the most important thing in your life is you want to win with God. I've defined before what success is in life. Success is finding out what God's will is and doing it. That's the only thing that's successful, folks. Really. Finding God's will and doing it. At the end of their life, that's the only thing that's going to matter. Uh, use, they all use self-control in all things. They do it to receive a gift that perishes. It goes away. It's meaningless. We do it for eternal. For eternal. But we do it for an imperishable gift. You see, you have to determine. You've got to focus. You've got to persevere. You've got to strive and be disciplined for eternal purpose. If you believe it. If you believe it's really worth it, then you got to do that. you got to work at it. The whole idea, there's a parable. We're not going to turn to it. In Luke 19, there's a parable where it says, this nobleman received the land and he's leaving and he's going away, but he's going to come back. And he meets his servants. And he says to this servant, I'm going to give you 10, what is it, minus or minus? Anyone help me? Minus, minus, okay. I'm going to give you 10 minus, minus, all right. I'm going to give you 10 of them. He goes to the other servant, I'm going to give you five. Gives another servant, I'm going to give you one. So the one who gets the one, he goes, ah, I better hold on to this. He's coming back. I don't want to lose the one. I'm going to hide it. I'm going to put it away. So when he comes back, I'll have the one give him. The other one who got the 10, he immediately starts doing business, it says. The Lord said, do business with this until I come back. So he starts striving and working, and he makes that 10, 10 more. And the Lord says, well done. You worked hard. You trusted me. You did what you're supposed to. Well done, good and faithful servant. You're going to be in charge of 10 cities. The one who did five. He says, very good. You got five more. Good. I'm going to make you in charge of five cities. Well done, good and faithful servant. You, you trusted me. You followed me. The one, he rebukes the one who did one. You didn't use what God gave you. God wants us to work hard, be disciplined at following his commandments and doing his will. I love a passage here in 1 Timothy. Follow along with this. Uh, the great rabbi Saul is encouraging young Timothy. And Saul says this, 1 Timothy. He says, In pointing these things out to the brethren, you will be a good servant of the Messiah 
Yeshua constantly nursed on the words of faith and of sound doctrine, which you have been following, but have nothing to do with worldly fables fit for, only, for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself. Some people are naturally given to discipline. That's good. If you're not, too bad. You've got to do it anyway. You're supposed to discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Keep going. What's next? Good. For bodily discipline, bodily exercise, profits a little bit. That's what he's saying. It's good. And you should all uh, uh, exercise. You should exercise. You should eat good. You want to feel healthy? Yeah, you should do all that. That's good. And it's worth a little bit. It's a little bit. But, but godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Good. For the life to come. For it is this we labor and strive because we fix our hope on the living God. Discipline. There's going to be blessings now and a lot more when we get to heaven and you can take that to the bank. Okay, now if you know the movie, then you can tell me later. But anyway, follow along. First Timothy 4. Let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Show yourself to be an example of those who believe. Be different. When I first got saved in the, in the month of? On the day of? In the year of? Okay. When I first got saved there, the Lord, in a sense, He told me to read the Word. Start reading in Genesis. Start reading in Matthew. Keep reading. But you know what I really... I, I've never shared too much about it, but I really felt like He was saying, be different. I knew what the world offered. I was in the world. I experienced what was in the world. There was no lasting permanent joy or anything good from it. And I felt like saying at that point, be different. I was just talking to a friend this week. Why did I make her get rid of all the Beatles albums? Worth a lot. And all the Stones albums. It wasn't sin to keep it. But she said, you were a nut. You were a fanatic. You couldn't have one in the house. I said, you know, it wouldn't have been wrong to keep it, but it set me on a pattern, folks. It spoke to me that God wanted me to be different for the rest of my life. Didn't matter. The whole world's on one side. All you want to be is alone with God. That's it. You want to walk through life with God. Because he's the one who will sustain you and bless you and keep you. And, and as long as you follow him, it's worth it. We are called to be different. We are called to be radicals in this world. Wise radicals. But we're called to seek God. That's what he wants us to do. I have no idea where I am or why I'm preaching this. Okay, so... He says, be an example. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you. Take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them, following God. As like I told you, be a fanatic, be a radical. He says, pay close attention. Oh no, I like this. Take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so that your progress will become evident to everybody. Everyone will say, he's different. Pay close attention to yourself and your teaching. Persevere in these things. Hang in there. The key here is discipline yourself by obeying God. How do we obey Him? What do we obey? I always say, do His will. And then you say to me, what is His will? Start small. 
I'll tell you what his will is. Did you wake up this morning and read the word of God? Did you feel like doing it? No. Were you tired? Of course. God wants you to wake up and read his word. By faith, you're going to trust him and read his word. See what he has to tell you. Whether you feel like it or not, it's not important how you feel you do and you obey. You read his word. What else did he want you to do today? He wanted you to pray. He wants you to talk to him. He wanted you to attend and worship on a regular basis. You've got to work at that and strive. It is not easy to wake up every week and make sure you come to services. But that's where you belong. Someone once told me, Larry, stop telling people they should all come to services. We should come because we want to. No, you shouldn't. You should not come because you want to. You should come because God wants you to. You should come whether you feel like it or not. Because this is where you belong. Fellowshipping with God's people. Burning bright with a bunch of people. You need to read. You need to pray. You need to attend. You need to reach in your pocket and give God your finances. Because He owns 100%. Not 10%. He owns it all. So you give cheerfully. You need to serve God and find out what does He have for you in this life. You got to have jobs. You got to work. You got to make a living. God wants you to serve Him. Find out what He wants you to do. Listen. This is what God wants you to do, is do His will. Read, pray, attend, serve, give, do. Live an honest, pure life. A life of integrity, a life of moral purity. If you know something's wrong, folks, you don't do it. Don't give me excuses. You don't do it. And then He will honor you. You know my verse, 1 Samuel 2, 30. God honors those who honor Him. Now, I have to add this. I was going to add it later, but listen carefully. Life is filled with tragedies, difficulties, problems, struggles, ups, downs, all kinds of things. But if you honor Him and do His will, you will overcome all of them. Watch. Follow the text. It's really tremendous. God wants you to do His will. Follow Him. Be. We will overcome life's difficulties. You know, I was preparing this week, this passage. I got so blessed by it. You're really stuck today because I was really blessed on this passage. And I have so much to share. But, but I, I find first thing he's saying is obey and do my will. It's hard. Do it. He says, now, Israel, you'll overcome all the difficulties. Israel's coming into through the Jordan. First difficulty, how they're going to cross the Jordan. Joshua had the water open up. Because there are no difficulties with God. There's only difficulties with us. God has no problems. There are no problems with the Lord. Nothing. So he'll bring them into the land and there's going to be struggles in the land. God says, if you follow me and you obey me and you obey my commandments and do what I tell you to do, listen, no problem. There'll be no problem. God will take care of it. Yeah, you'll have pain. You'll have struggles. Hang in there with the Lord. It's worth it. Follow along. Deuteronomy 28. It says, if you're careful, diligent, you're careful to do my commandments, which I command you today, then the Lord your God, I love the phrase in this passage. It's a great chapter, the whole chapter. The Lord your God, if you do all this, will set you folks high. He will lift you up. He will put you above all the nations, all the other people. You see, God wants to make you special, unique, and different. He wants to lift you up above everybody. He wants you high and above. That's what he wanted the nation of Israel. He says, I'll set you high above over all the nations. I like to think over all the problems, over all the difficulties. What is my prayer? I've told you this before. What do I pray each morning? 
for thee. Thank you. I woke up this morning and prayed for that. Yeah, I pray for the advantage. I pray the Lord sets me above everybody, everything. I need him to do it. No, you can pray that too, and we'll both be, we'll all be up there. Because God will set you up. I pray every morning, Lord, I need the advantage today. Over who? Everybody. Over the world. I need to be your advantage. I have to be set up high. Lord. I need it. I need your advantage, not mine. And I make that prayer all the time. I said this morning, Lord, I have to come and preach. I need your advantage. I can't get up there on my own. I could, but then who knows what we would see. So I got to come up here with God's advantage. Pray for the advantage. Listen, God's advantage, not yours. Because God will set you up. He'll set you high above all things. And it says, I'll set you high above all the nations of the earth. All the blessings, oh, I love this phrase. All these blessings will come upon you and overwhelm and overtake you. Isn't that nice? Don't you want to be overwhelmed with the blessings of God? Wouldn't that be cool? I've been in the water and been overwhelmed with the waves. You know, trying to get away. They catch me and down you go. Or overwhelmed with different things. This is telling us that God and all his blessings and might and power and joy, he's going to overtake you. You're not going to be able to handle it. It's too much. Lord, I can't take it. It's too many blessings. That's what he wants to do for us. We have the wrong view of God that he wants to punish. And You're having too much fun. That's it. It's over. Don't be happy. Don't smile. Uh, too much. Start frowning. God wants to bless you beyond belief. And so, okay. Uh, all these blessings will come upon you. They'll overtake you. It's a beautiful picture. Beautiful promise. Deuteronomy 26, he says it to Israel in another way. He says, God will set you high above. There's that phrase again. God wants to do that for his children. Everyone, if. Everyone say that. That's it. If you do this, then he will do this. That's what he wants to do. And he says to Israel, I'm going to set you above all the nations, the nations which he had made. This is what he'll do for you. For praise, he will pray, you'll be praised. For fame, you'll be lifted up. For honor, that's not yours. That's his. It's nice when God lifts you up for praise and honor and glory. When he does it. When you try to do it, forget it. Let God do it. He says, he will lift you up. Why? He says, so that you'll be a consecrated. That means a separate, special, unique. Don't you want to be different? I do. I want to be his unique servant. Because there's nothing greater in all the world. Separated. Uh, as consecrated people to Lord your God as he has spoken. He wants to make you special, us special. First Chronicles 14. Look what David said. David realized that the Lord had established him as king over Israel. That's what you want. You want God to set you up above for praise, fame, and glory, and honor, but that you might say, it's all him. There's a difference. Good comparison. King David, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon looked at his mighty power, his great famous walls around Babylon, which were four chariots wide. You could have chariots going around the whole wall. And one day, Nebuchadnezzar looked at this kingdom and he goes, Look at my kingdom that I have made. Isn't it great? And a voice comes from heaven. It's over. What was that? Finished. In fact, you're going to lose your mind. God took his mind from him. Because that was, he did it. King David. He's, I made it too close today. But anyway, King David. 
Look at this kingdom that God has established me over. It's all his kingdom. God has done it. He's taken a simple servant. That's what God loves to do. He likes to take simple, humble, contrite people and do great things. Not so you get the glory, although you get blessed and people look to you and all you can do is, he did it. King David said it. He says, look at this kingdom that God established me as king, that his kingdom was highly exalted. David knew it for the sake of his people. That's our attitude. It's all you, Lord, never me. Isaiah 58, I love this passage about the promise. God tells Israel, I believe God's telling us as well, change, seek from doing your own thing. Don't do your own thing. And he tells Israel, if you, if you desist, stop doing your own ways from seeking your own pleasure, what you want to do, speaking your own word, if you change everything and say, not me, you, Lord, then you will take delight in the Lord and I will make you, there is the phrase, rise on the heights of the earth. That's, that's it, folks. We're all going through problems. We all have sickness. We all have sadness and tragedies. We all have financial problems. All kinds. God says, I will set you on the heights of the earth. So you know what he's at? Above everything. You don't have to worry about those things. I'm taking care of all that. If you seek in him. He says, I will set you on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. For the mouth of the Lord has uh, spoken it. Over and above all problems and life and difficulties. I remember, I love to rem- I tell this. When I was, years ago, when I was at Moody. And you know, Bible schools, they give you a lot of work. I can't say the same for modern college and things. Bible schools do give you a lot of work. And I remember when I first got to Moody, I was overwhelmed because I graduated college already. But I got to Moody and they really gave you work and you really had to do it. And I remember the first week, they gave you the syllabus, syllabi, I don't know. Anyway, they gave you the whole big syllabus. And I saw all the things you had to do and all the books you had to read and all the papers you had to write. And the first week, I, 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 the first week I can never take in school. It's just so hard. I like to drop out immediately. It's so they, because they tell you everything you're going to do in the, in the 15 weeks. And I say, it can't be done. No human can do this. When I first got to Dallas Seminary, that first semester, I think I read like 5,000 pages. It was unbelievable. Canada, it was about 4,500 pages. It's so much work. I can't do it. And I said, I can't do this. And I remember the teacher telling me, why don't you spend five minutes a day telling, telling God you love him? Huh? Five minutes a day? Let me see how long that takes. I love you. Is that a half a second? Teacher said, do it for five minutes. Not the same phrase. Find ways to tell God you love him. And I remember doing it that semester. And the only thing I can picture is like he put me on a cloud and I coasted through the whole semester. Did I have problems? I'm sure I did. Did all those papers get done? Yes. And all the, everything had to be read. But it was like, he, here it is. He says, I'm going to set you on the heights of the earth above everything if you seek him. I'll give you the heritage of Jacob. The heritage of Jacob. Jacob, you know the story of Jacob. He started off, Esau and Jacob, they didn't get along. So Jacob got the birthright. He got the promises. And Esau said, I'm going to kill him. So he fled. And he fled. And he was out onto the stars when he fled, laying on the, the ground in Israel, looking up to the stars. And he had nothing. He had absolutely nothing when he went off, except the promise that his brother was going to kill him. And he went off alone to the land of Syria, to Laban. 
And he went off there and he spent seven years working for a wife. He's still not doing too well yet. One wife, seven years. And in the wrong wife as it was. Not too good. Bad start. Worked another seven years, got the wife that he dreamed of. Worked another six years and God gave him some possessions. And God blessed him. And he came back a nation. The heritage of Jacob. Through all the struggles, through all the problems, through all the difficulties, all the tragedies. I will put you on the clouds, folks. And I will bless your life. That's really the message. Moses is telling Israel, you go into the land, you obey me, I'm going to set you above everything. Quick, fill it in. Number two. Quick, always quick, because you know I'm rushing. We will experience God's blessings in our lives. Look what he says in Deuteronomy. Uh, we will we'll be blessed in your life. If you obey God and follow Him and walk with Him and do His commandments, and you strive at it and you work at it, not only will He set you above, He's going to bless everything about your life. First, He says, He'll bless your lives. Look at me, Deuteronomy 28.3. Blessed shall you be in the city. That's nice. In the city, your daily life. In your daily coming about, you're coming and going in the city, wherever you go. Your daily lives is what he's saying. Israel, I'm going to bless your daily lives when you're in the city. I'm going to bless you in the country. Oh, that's pretty good. You know, I'm in the city. I wake up. I'm doing my work. He's going to bless me. Then I'm going to leave and do some travel. I have to go here. Oh, I'm going to be blessed again. Remember, the blessings are just going to overtake you. You can't handle these blessings. They just keep coming and coming. He said, so you're going to be blessed in the city. You're going to be blessed in the country. Well, that's good. Anything else? Well, sure. I'll give you more blessings if you want them. Bless it. Well, it made me think something else. Remember what God said to David, King David. He says, I've given you the kingdom. I've given you wives. I've given you the whole kingdom. And then God said to David, and if that had been too little, I'd give you more. God wants to do it. He wants to give us more. And it says, blessed shall you be the offspring of your body. My children are going to be blessed. That's nice. That's guaranteed for Israel. Your children will be blessed. The offspring of your body. The produce of your ground, your animals, your beasts. The, uh, not the animals, the beasts, the produce, fruit and, and vegetables and uh, your produce. And it says, we'll be blessed. And then it says, the offspring of your beasts, your animals, everything in your life, your daily lives, your work, your blessings, your family, your children, the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Israel, everything that the world wants, I'm going to give you. Everyone, if, not laugh, if, all right? I will bless you. Okay, good. All right. As long as you get the F. You don't have to do it, but if. Okay. You know, you look sometimes at certain people and you why does everything good happen to them? Why are they so blessed? If you follow God and walk with Him, He will honor your life. Let me tell you, it's going to go fast. I was just saved and I was 24. 42 years later, folks. Blink. Only what's done for him is what counts. Make a wise choice today. Follow him. He will bless your life. Your schooling. Your home. Your family. Your children. Your work. Your jobs. Your finances. Your health. Your living. Your vacations. Even through the fire. Because you'll have that too. You'll have difficulties. You'll have tragedies. You'll lose loved ones. You'll lose finances. You'll get sick. 
if you follow and obey me, he will bless you through the fire like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God is with us. We don't have to fret or worry. We have the, the encouragement, Matthew 6. Don't worry. Saying, what will I eat? What will we wear for clothing? What will I drink for the pagans, the Gentiles? Not the Gentiles, those who don't believe in God. They eagerly seek all these things. Your heavenly Father knows what you need. Seek first His kingdom, His righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. That's God's promise to us. Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding comprehension which no one can understand will guard your hearts and your minds in Messiah Yeshua. Although Peter says to Yeshua, Matthew 20, uh, 19, Behold, Lord, we've left everything for you and followed you. I've done it. I've heard believers tell me this. Larry, it doesn't work. It does work. Stick with it. Hang in. You don't know when, where, how He's going to choose to bless you. It might be the last moment of your life. Only the Lord has the great power for you to say, it was worth it all. God can do it. So Peter says, Lord, I've left everything for you. Do I get anything? Now that's normal for all of us to ask. The Lord would never. But anyway, Peter says, I've left everything. We've left everything. Follow you. What's going to be for us? And the Lord tells him. Yeshua said, truly I say to you, you have followed me, you who have followed me, in the regeneration, the future, the kingdom. When the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you also will sit on the twelve thrones with me, judging the nations of Israel. And everyone who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or farms for my sake will receive many times as much and will inherit eternal life. It says you'll also have tribulation and struggles as well, but it'll be worth it all because all things work together for good. Anyone finish it? If! That's what he's saying. All things work together for God. If! You love Him. You're called according to His purpose. That's His promise. We will be blessed not only in our lives, but our work. You know what I wrote down here in my notes? Blessings, blessings, blessings. All right already. If, follow along, we will be blessed in our work. Deuteronomy 28.5. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. How many times do you read that? It just means in your, your food, your work, your daily income. He's going to bless you. Your food, your work, your provisions, your travels, your wanderings, wherever you go. Blessed shall be your kneading bowl. I don't need too much, but I mean, I don't do too much kneading in my basket. Uh, but blessed shall you be when you come in, when you go out. Blessings keep following you for Israel. I write, here's my note. Come on, this is getting ridiculous already. Too many blessings all the time. It's just his promise. Look what we follow in Genesis 39. This is what your life will be like. Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. Joseph follows God, is a good son, and his 11 brothers turn on him, throw him in a pit, sell him off to slavery into Egypt. This is what I get, Lord, for following you? Yeah, you might. You might be thrown in a pit. Probably not in California. Well, you might be. Anyway, you're thrown in a pit. And then you're sold as a slave into Egypt? 
doesn't look like this is too good for me to follow you, Lord. And so he did. He gets thrown in. What happens? Now he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. He was a slave. Left his family. His family, you know, he had to leave his family. Now his master saw that, saw what the, now his master saw that the Lord was with him and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. His master looked and said, well, this guy, it doesn't matter what I do to him. He's always blessed. He's, everything's good for him. He noticed something about him. He says, okay, I'll put you over my whole house. You'll be in charge of my food and my servants and everything in my house because you're so good. I see God's blessing you. So he was good and faithful. Then his master's wife said, lie with me. So I can't do that. I can't sin against God or my master. I can't do So he was even more pure, young man, maybe around 17 years old. He was faithful to his father, faithful to God, gets thrown in a pit, gets sold into Egypt. Now he's still faithful. And now he's accused of lying with a woman. Boy, it doesn't seem like it's worth it following the Lord. So Joseph found, um, so Joseph found favor in the sight of his master. His uh, and he became his personal servant. And he made him overseer of his house and all that he owned and he put in charge. And it came about that in the time came, he made him overseer in the house and over all that he owned. The Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's ble- blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. So he left, so he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge. And was with him there. He, with him there, he did not concern himself with anything except his food, which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, and then also he was accused of uh, committing uh, adultery with his wife. And God blessed him again, made him in charge of everything. God's servants are blessed. Twelve spies go into the land of Israel. Moses sent them in. Twelve spies come back. Twelve spies say this. The land is good, fruitful, productive, and tremendous. All twelve spies says there are giants in the land, big walls, fortified cities, danger in the land, danger everywhere you go. The ites are everywhere. All twelve said that. Ten of the spies said, we can't do it. They're too big. They're too strong. The cities are too powerful. We don't stand a chance. And two of the spies said, they don't stand a chance because they were able to see beyond. They wanted to be different. And so that very year, 10 of the spies died and the two survived. Only two, very obvious. Not only that, all the people who decided to follow the 10, they all died. And the two went into the land of Israel 40 years later because God prospers his children all the time. God blesses them. Like David, it said, when David followed God and walked with him, God blessed him. David had the Midas touch, folks. Everything turned to gold. All the enemies just fell apart. Everything that David touched was magical. Until he committed adultery. And he committed murder. From then on, 2 Samuel 12, Everything David touched crumbled and fell apart. God still preserved him, but it all fell apart. Because God will bless you. Okay. I think we got the message today. Follow along, fill it in. We'll experience finally victory and be God's special chosen people. We'll experience victory and provisions. See, when you follow God, 
you're going to experience victory over difficulties. And he's going to provide for you. And that's the promise God says uh, through Moses to the people. Following Deuteronomy 28, 7. The Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. You know, this means a lot to me. It really does. Because throughout my life as a believer, 42 years, I've made enemies. I've met, people have had difficulties with me. Listen, I'm a personality like everybody else, so we, don't, we clash sometimes. But it seems like, and you know, sometimes I'm wrong. And God disciplines me. And sometimes I'm not wrong. And God blesses me and honors me. But I have found out in my life as a believer that God is on my side when or if I am on his side. And God takes my defense up and he defeats my enemies. And I remember years ago, about 1996, five and six, going through a difficult time, real difficult time. And I had to leave uh, Jersey and I lost my home and I lost my congregation. And I, I, my kids had to leave their school. And we had to pick up my kids and wrench their life. And we left New Jersey, the comfort and wonderful Livingston, New Jersey, where I, it was like paradise. It was Camelot. I wanted to live and die there and retire there. And God took me out of there. And he moved me across the country to California with nothing and knowing nobody. And I remember a couple years later, sitting in a jacuzzi with a friend of mine, And he looked at me and he said, well, you landed on your feet, didn't you? I said, I didn't land on my feet. God placed me on my feet because God defeats the enemies. That's what God does. Defeated my enemies. He placed me back on my feet because God wants to do that. You know, the Bible says a righteous man falls. How many times, folks? Seven doesn't say, but the implication is, but he gets up eight. He keeps getting up. It doesn't matter how many times you go down. The Lord gets you up again. You see, God is providing. Follow along with me. Look at this. Verse 28, 7. The Lord shall cause all your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated. You don't have to fear. They will come out against you one way, and they will flee before you seven ways. There's a pattern developing here in the Bible. Whenever and I found in my own life, many times, I sometimes want to defend myself. It doesn't matter against two or whatever I do. I, I, I say, I'm rising. I'm, I'm a fighter. So I'm going to fight. And I, and I start planning and devising and scheming. And I said, I'm going to defend myself and do this. And then I hear the voice from God, heaven all the time, my whole life. I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm going to stand up for what's right. I'm going to do that. I'm going to fight because I'm in the right. And God from heaven says, you're going to fight? I thought I was. was, No, no. You don't fight. I do your fighting. He takes care of me. I said, but you know, know, I'll do better. Don't you plan. I said, but you don't have to make it clear. He says, no, no, you don't. I have it all under control. Same thing with money. I dream like everybody. I don't dream of winning the lottery because I don't play the lottery. But... I'd like to receive the lottery. That's good. I'd like to do that. So I plan and scheme and figure out how can I make money here, there, here. And I think of all those things and I hear the voice. What are you talking about? I said, why? I need some money. He said, no, you don't. I said, I could, no, you don't. 
You need me. I will provide for all your needs. I go through Vegas with Fran and we see shows and we eat and we see different uh, art stuff and we say walk on the thing. I find a dime. She goes, don't you dare. I'm not allowed to put a dime in a machine. We're not allowed to bet on one thing. And you know why? Because I am a... Thank you. You can call me. I'm a loser, folks. Don't plan. Don't figure it out. God takes care of my finances. God said, you serve me, I will take care of your finances. You serve me, your enemies, they don't stand a chance. I will put fear in the enemy. I will lift you up. What a blessing. What a promise. Look at the pattern. Let me see if I can read a couple quickies. Genesis 35, when Jacob was coming back to the land of Israel, and it says, Jacob said to his family, let's arise, let's go to the house of God, Bethel, and I'll make an altar there to God, who answered me in the day of my distress. Jacob had distress. He had trouble. God answered me in the day of my distress. He's been with me wherever I've gone. He's coming back to the land of Israel after his 20 years in the land of Syria. So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods. They cleansed their life. They repented. They had, uh, which they had, and the rings in their ears. And Jacob hid, uh, hid them under the oak, which was in Shechem. And look what God did. And then they journeyed, went through life. And when they did, there was great terror upon the cities which were around them. And they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. You see, when you go through life and you serve him, God puts terror and fear in your enemies. He keeps them away from you because he's preserving his children who walk with him. Look, Deuteronomy 2, we saw when, when Moses first came, was taking the Jewish people uh, up to, on the other side of the Jordan. God said to him, Arise, set out, pass through the valley of the Arnon. Look, Moses, I've given Sihon, the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land into your hand. Begin to take possession of their land. Contend with him in battle. This day I will begin to put the dread and fear of you. Isn't that nice? You don't have to fear them. They will fear you because God is going to do it. Uh, Joshua too. Rahab. She recognized it and she said... Now before the two spies laid down, she came up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you the land, good, and the terror of you has fallen on all of us, all of Ai, all of Jericho. I said, all of Jericho was in fear and terror. These Hebrews are coming. God puts fear in the enemy. Exodus 15. In your loving kindness, you've led your people whom you redeemed. In your strength, you've guided them to your holy habitation. The peoples have heard. They tremble against Jewish people. Anguish has gripped them, the inhabitants of Philistia. The chief of Edom, chiefs of Edom, were in dismay. The leaders of Moab, they trembled. All the inhabitants of Canaan, all the ites melted away. That's a nice promise, folks. If you want to make the choice today to obey, follow God's word, work at it. Exodus 23 you shall serve the Lord your God. He will bless. He will bless your bread and your water. And I'll remove sicknesses from your midst. There shall be no one miscarrying or barren in your land. I will fill the number of your days. I will send my terror ahead of you, God's people. And I will throw the enemy into confusion. All the people among whom you come. And I will make your enemies turn their backs to you. I will send the hornets ahead of you. 
so that they will drive out the ites, Hivites, Canaanites, Hittites, and all the others. I will drive them out before you. I will not do it in a single year. I will do it gradually. See, God will give you victory. And he will provide along the way. Deuteronomy 28, 11 and 12. Chapter 28, 8. The Lord commands the blessings to be in your barns and in, in all that you do. You put your hand to. He'll bless the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord makes you abound in prosperity, the offspring of your body, the offspring of your beast, the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open up his good storehouses in heaven. Isn't that nice? Just for you. He's going to open up the storehouses and send it to you in heaven to give you rain in your land in its season. Bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you will not borrow from everyone. Everything you touch, your work, your life. What a blessing. What a promise. Look what he says to Israel. I love these verses. Chapter 32. The Lord, we'll read this in a few weeks. The Lord's portion is his people. Jacob, the allotment of his inheritance. It's like Israel. Jacob, you are special. You are God's people. Shuva, individuals. If you serve him and seek him, you are special. Nothing can touch you. It says the Lord alone guided him. There was no foreign God among... He made him, Israel again. Here's that phrase. Ride on the heights of the earth. Don't you want to ride on the heights of the earth? Above your problems, above your difficulties, on the heights of the earth. And Israel ate the produce of the land, the field. He made, God made him suck honey from the rock and oil from the flinty rock, curds of cows, milk of the, of the flock, with fat of lambs and rams, the bread of Basham and the goats and the finest of the wheat and the blood of grapes you shall drink. God wants to bless us, folks. That says God's message to Israel as they go into the land. If. Blessed are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, who the Lord is the shield of your help, the sword of your majesty, so your enemies will cringe before you and you will tread upon their high places. Listen, we are like Job. I know you don't want to be like Job, but no one, no thing could touch Job. You know what Satan said about Job? He said to God, of course Job worships you. You have put him in a bubble. We know about bubbles, don't we? God said, uh, 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 Satan said about Job, God, you put your servant in a bubble. I can't touch him. And God says, I know. No one can touch my servant. No one can touch you. And if you do get touched, a loving, merciful, gracious God has let it happen to you. He has something great in store. Even though we don't understand the tragedy, the struggle. We try to make sense of it, but you can't. But what you can say is, you know better than me. I'm going to have to obey you. I'm going to have to follow you. And God says, Trust me. I have it all under control. I will provide for you. Fill it in finally. We will experience security and the blessings, the holiness of God. He says this. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. You are God's special, unique people, congregation, and individual. Don't you want to have a special, unique relationship with him? 
as he swore to you, if you keep, if, 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 all right, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God, you walk in his ways, so all the people of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they will be afraid of you. Others will see your life, your testimony, your witness. It will become obvious to all. It doesn't matter who rises up against you, because God is over all things. God will bless your lives, your work. Conclusion. You like that. Here we go. What God will do. Here is God's promise. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you only will be above. And you will not be underneath. God will make you the head, not the tail. You'll be above, not underneath. You'll be over problems and difficulties with God's confidence. That's God's promise. What's our commitment? What do we do? We should. If you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I charge you today to observe them carefully. You don't turn aside from any of the words which I command you today. Don't turn to the left. Right. Don't turn to the left to go after other gods, anything that replaces God. God wants you to be determined today, to be focused, to be a radical, to be fanatical, to be disciplined, because if you follow and obey, everyone, up top, good. If we follow and obey God's word, we are experiencing the blessings and prosperity in your lives today. I want to conclude with the words that Isaiah said to Israel. Come now, everyone. Let's reason together, says the Lord. If you consent and obey you will eat the best of the land. But if you refuse and you rebel, look out. Okay, it's my paraphrase. The choice is yours. God promises to bless you if you follow and obey His commandments. The choices are, do you want to be separate and unique and special? Answer, yes. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the message, God, you gave to Moses, to Israel, as they went in to face the giants of the Lamb, all the ites and the problems and struggles, and that all we have to do is read, obey, follow you. Help us to be determined, to be focused, to be disciplined, to make the right choice as we obey you and put our lives under your command, under your watchful, loving, caring eye, that if we follow you and obey you, we will experience the blessings, the best you have to offer us. For we ask all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen.